0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Isle of a Time podcast. This week we are chatting with Brendan O'Sullivan from Three Ravens Brewery. We had just bottled, or sorry, just labelled our patron beer for the patrons and we're drinking one and uh, talking all about it as well as all things Three Raven. Now, for patrons, there'll be a follow-up email to the email I sent the other day. If you didn't get it, please let me know. But we'll be sending links out to, if you want to pick up the beer from their web shop and maybe buy some more Three Ravens beers, you can do that. Uh, If you want to pick it up from the web shop and go get it in person from Three Ravens, you can do that. If you want to get it but you don't want to pay shipping because if you do it to get delivered from the web shop, uh, it'll be a few bucks shipping, Uh, just let me know and we can suss out an uh, alternate method if you're interstate or if you're in Melbourne, uh, in the west of Melbourne or or whatever, just just please let me know and, and we'll work it out. Uh, I I always encourage people to to pick up some Three Ravens beers though because they're always really delicious and uh, yeah, next week uh, as I record this, so it'll be April 26th uh, at 8.30pm, that's 2021, uh, we'll be chatting to Topher Bame from Wildflower, former guest, good friend of ours. And we'll be talking about his bright side, Shiraz Wild Owl, which is using smoke-tainted grapes from the bushfires uh, last year or 2019, 2020. Uh, really cool project that he's, he's done and it'll be really awesome to catch up with Tofa as well. So look forward to that. Uh, you can pick up the beer in advance if you want, but it, it will just be a general chat with with Dave Iron Topher. Dave Iron Topher, not sure if that's the right grammar not really important anyway uh, oh, the Tiff and Lindsay podcast we discussed in this episode it's been edited I can assure you it's really really cool uh, a really unique take on the beer world and uh, I'm really really glad we've given them the space that's outside of what Isle of a Time already is uh, keep an eye on, on our social media once we launch it I'll put it up on the Isle of a Time thing it'll be in a different feed uh, and yeah they've, they've got some really cool plans and I'm looking forward to to that getting its own legs now that they've sort of formulated how it looks Uh, In the meantime, enjoy this chat with Brendan and yeah, we'll chat soon. Dave. How are you? Oh, I'm great, thanks. How are you? No complaints whatsoever. That's good. Hey, if you did, nobody would listen. Too right. Which, which is, is a damning out thing to you. say on a podcast, really. Yeah. Um, we're sitting at Three Not Ravens. Good for mental health, is it? Yeah. No. <laughs> we're at Three Ravens and uh, we've just stickered, hand stickered, hand labelled the Three Ravens collab blend. And while we're here, we thought we'd take the opportunity to chat to our good friend Brendan. Brendan O'Sullivan from Three Ravens. How are you?
1: I'm great. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks for your help getting the labels on.
0: Thanks for your help. Well, thanks for making the beer. Yeah, that's a pretty key <laughs> contribution. I would have yeah. thought. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since we've we've sat down and chatted. Nearly twelve months, I reckon.
1: The dark mass would it have been? Yeah, it would have been. Mass yeah, mass yeah. Winter, yeah, yeah, So maybe ten months ago. Yeah.
0: So, um, I mean, everyone kind of knows what's happened in the last twelve months. Uh, oh, that was yeah before. It would have been yeah. twenty-two been, wasn't it? months ago. Yeah. Yeah. About ten months.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it was.
0: Yep. Um. Firstly, let's talk about the beer that we've made. Well, that you've made.
1: Absolutely. We'd love to. Uh,
0: I've got it in my in my hand. I think we had a conversation that came about was, what should we make that suits both of our brands? Uh, or what should we do? And what, what did we come up with?
1: Yeah, so there were several options, as we discussed at the time. Um, I sort of took you through our barrel cellar of um, exciting stuff or stuff that I thought would appeal to the patrons. Um, so there's a few, few options from... Uh, you know whiskey barrel aged peated imperial stout um 18 barley wines um, raw ales and a bunch of other things but i think the one that, that stood out um both to me and and to you was a barrel aged mixed culture dry hot pilsner which uh was a product of of covid um at the time so yeah i think it's it's an interesting style it's uh, definitely not something that we brewed intentionally but as as everyone had to do at the time we, um, we had to figure out what to do with all this beer that would otherwise go down the drain so I'm glad uh, I'm glad we found something to do with it and yeah happy happy to share it with uh, the our love time patrons
0: is it still a Pilsner at this point
1: oh is what is a Pilsner <laughs> it's a very um, very very uh, loaded question Um it was fermented. So, taking it back to, to where the beer began, it was a batch of our Thornbury Lager, or Thornbury Pilsner, um, that was intended to go into kegs. Um, partway through the ferment, we we realised we were going into lockdown, um, and we had we had some cans on site, so we we packaged some of the beer into cans. Um, the rest of it we had to figure out what to do with. So, during towards so the, the beer itself is pale malt with a little bit of um, dextrin and acidulated. Uh, this batch was bittered with uh, Noble Simcoe, like a debittered uh, version of Simcoe, which at the time was our preference for bittering hop in lieu of uh, what we used to use, which was summer. Um, late Hopping's Ella and Enigma, uh, fermented with uh, a German lager yeast, uh, quite a fruity German lager yeast. Uh, towards the end of fermentation, after it had been through um, its diacetyl rest, we transferred uh, a portion of that batch into our sour mixing tank, Um, inoculated it with our house mix culture and dry hopped it with Noble Simcoe and Hull Melon hops Um, so a fairly hefty dry hop um, before transferring that into uh, barrels so a mixture of unrinsed barrels and other things that we're emptying at the time, one of the, the benefits of, of having all this time on our hands going into COVID was we were able to focus on um, a lot of Wild Ravens and Natrav and mixed ferment stuff. So there was no shortage of empty barrels for us to refill with all the stuff that we couldn't put into kegs. Mm. Um, so yeah, but as as that beer's evolved, it's it's there's so many different variations of, of that one batch of Pilsner um, based on the barrel that it went into. Um, this particular barrel had contained uh, a raw version of our druid the last time we brewed the druid which i think was in 2018 uh maybe 2017 so it was a very old raw ale um went straight out of the lauderton it was the final runnings from the druid which is a very big beer so the final runnings are still very strong it was a very strong you know like a nine percent raw ale um, that tasted delicious heaps of caramel and Weirdness. Um, so those dregs have, have certainly differentiated this this beer from the other other pilsners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, what? Tell me what you. Before I go into what, well, what stood out to that me. What the you question
2: about? Is it still a pilsner? On the nose, it kind of is. It kind of has that. You still fresh get the, pilsner uh, the lager. Yeah, um, Sulphur
1: and ester. Um, yeah, it's quite distinct. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, everyone listening out there is probably aware of it. But you know, people say lagers are. Uh, the the plainest and boring most boring of styles but yeah there, there can be so much character to a lager yeast um you know i can pick as you know distinct strains within the lager spectrum uh i think they do all have a really unique fingerprint so that's still there for sure
0: and um it comes across there is you know the, the, the funk element kind of in the mid palate uh but it's super dry and all those fruit characteristics that you've kind of talked about um
1: yeah, it's a fairly dry beer to begin with. This has dried out a little bit more. Our Pilsner typically finishes at about one and a half Play-Doh um, or six points in SG, and this is down to about half a Play-Doh uh, before going into bottle. Mm. So very dry. Um, typically in the 30s, uh, high 30s in bitterness. Um, still doesn't seem particularly bitter to my taste, this this version. I, I wonder whether barrel ageing does soften uh, bitterness mm. uh, and just ageing in general. Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, you said de Simcoe. Yeah, I don't know if I know what the debittering.
1: It's a so it's a it's what they, it's a name I guess a, a noble type. It's from uh, YCH in America. They as a product of their uh, uh, hop hash or cryo program. Um, there's a waste stream. So cryo is uh, most people would know is the um, the separation of the, the resin, the lupulin uh, portion, while rejecting the, the leaf material. Um, they sell that leaf material, which still has a bit of oil and resin, but it's predominantly leaf material as noble-type hops. Okay. Um, so it's about 2% alpha-acid, yeah, right. um, but with varietal characteristics. And to my mind, it's the, the best way that we were able to attain the type of bitterness that you get from noble hops, mm. um, but without the old-world flavour. Um, the, uh, this this being a, a new world style or an Australian pilsner we wanted to maintain a, a clean fruity new world hop character um, and as we still haven't been able to find a, an Australian hop that has that soft pilsner type bitterness um, this seemed like the best option at the time so you're providing a lot of beta acid and, and polyphenol and leaf material to give that rich complex um, kind of texture and, and that type of bitterness um, without what I would consider um, inappropriate uh, Old world characteristics like dustiness and paper and marmalade and jammy herbal earthy spicy stuff that's uh, you know great in a traditional pilsner but not in a not in a new world to my mm. mind.
0: Yeah, the more I drink it, the more pilsner comes across. And I don't know what I was expecting. I was probably expecting something a lot sour or funkier.
2: It's very, very delicate. It, it, yeah. it drinks like a pilsner, nut, but then it just got swirls of those fruit and the like, acidity hits at different points. It's- mm.
1: <laughs> I think there is a low level of acidity. I think what's really inhibited that acidification is the bitterness, given that it's a fairly bitter beer going in a barrel. Bitterness mm. tends to inhibit um, lactobacillus, uh, pediococcus, and we, and we do have quite a robust pediococcus strain in our culture, is more resilient to bitterness. So you still get some acidity um, and a savory character and a mouthfeel as well. I, I'm really enjoying that rich... Um, almost oily yep. um, mouthfeel, which is a product of um, that that bacteria strain. Um, heaps of heaps of tropical fruit too. Mm. Um, yeah, the tropical I get heaps fruit, of pineapple and yeah. yep. you know that. There's there's horse blanket there as well, but there's you know melon, which um, could be the the whole melon hops, or could just be the the product of the mixed culture was, maturation.
0: When you said hale melon, and I was like, I don't know whether or that that was put the word in my mind, but yeah, rock melon. Is probably the first tasting note I'd give.
1: I think it's a bit of both, yeah. Mm.
0: Um, really, really fun. So, patrons, we're still working out details on how to get it from the web shop. Uh, or you can pick it up from me or at Ravens. I think if people buy things on the web shop, they can...
1: Yeah, we've got it out the back. By the time this airs, I presume we'll have a solution. So, the plan yeah. is for us to, to have the product hidden on our website. We can share the link yep. um, to all the patrons and then we'll have a coupon code um, sent out to patrons that they can use to... Uh, deduct that off their total cool
0: um. Um,
1: we'll probably have to put a
0: time limit on it because the last beer we've still got some people that didn't let us know if that is you please let us know um, where to send them or whatever so if you, if you uh, we might have to maybe a month or two I don't want to sit around too long, and uh, we'll talk about that off mic. <laughs> um, and then we'll yeah probably have to. I, I guess I'll take them. We'll find we'll yeah. find someone to
1: hide it. It's not a not a All huge right. quantity. So
0: cool, cool, uh, really fun. Brendan, thank you for uh, making the beer.
1: Pleasure. Um, also note that it's in clear glass mm. um, intentionally. That was chosen. Uh, we we've been doing for a couple of years. We've been doing a Natrav rave nat rave beers in clear glass to encourage light strike um, as a favourable contribution to funk Um, so it's something that we thought would be fun for this as well being um, quite a hop driven beer um, to embrace that Um, so don't be afraid of the clear glass Uh, if you really don't like light strike I'd um, get it in the fridge keep it dark if you can Um, we're certainly not exposing it to light intentionally um, but if you do want to see how far it can go leave it somewhere bright um, natural or UV light and you'll get Uh, plenty more funk. Um, I would say to let the bottles sit upright for at least a couple of days to let the yeast settle out. Um, And if you can decant it off the the sediment, you'll probably get a better experience um, in general. Um, Lambic cradles are awesome, but not everyone's got them. So, Mm. yeah, my preference is to decant any bottle-conditioned beer into a a jug or a decanter or Mm. very carefully into glasses to avoid the yeast.
0: The older Lambic that I've decanted... Versus old Lambert that I haven't decanted is a, a big difference. Uh, I think I had something that was eight years old recently, and I think I decanted half it and didn't decant the other half, and it was noticeably different. Even decanting and leaving it for twenty minutes um, was a much more enjoyable beer than than the one that was poured from bottle to glass.
1: We um we plan to. I mean, I hope to have some. Uh, cradles design At some point It's been uh, on my To do list forever uh, It's really hard to find Lambic cradles And baskets uh, mm. Probably because There's so many Aficionados in America Snapping them up um, But yeah Hopefully sometime In the next Year or so We can um, We've got a few Cool designs Or concepts So I awesome. just need to find An industrial engineer To, to bring it to life For us um, I think that'd be A really fun Bit of brewery merch Sounds like a lot of fun yeah, hope it's good This um, beer I love it
2: Yeah A bit I agree more America. pineapple As well as it yeah, warms um, Definitely pineapple yeah. It's, it's very dry and drinkable mm, mm.
0: Um, and long I like like, a pint, I'm still tasting yeah. pineapple mm. and I haven't had a sip for a couple minutes yeah um, also shout out to Slider Rails on Instagram uh, a guy in Ballarat that I found for a friend on Instagram who does a lot of fun artwork um Very bright coloured artwork and we thought that was pretty much perfect. I'm just going to find his proper handle.
2: And the labels look really great against the beer as well.
0: Yeah. Um, Slider underscore rails on Instagram. Um, People that when you look at it will probably see why I I really like his art because it's trashy and fun and bright. Um, So yeah, give him a follow.
1: In retrospect, we probably should have called the beer Dragon Eating Parrots.
0: Yeah, that's right. (laughs) We asked him for a whale and, and ravens and given he does right and he said to me i hate drawing whales i can't do it <laughs> So, like pretty much the first thing i said i'm like come on just give it a go so look it's a, I, I like to think it's a whale and a raven just in his style uh um, three-headed
1: raven that's pretty cool yeah yeah,
0: yeah. it's I've never seen i've never seen beer labels like it so <laughs> and that's kind of the point of these right <laughs> um what else was happening uh, we've got
1: an event on today. This will be old news by the time you hear it, but yeah, launching a new beer, uh, Red Rye IPA, um, which we've got a taste of Freya, named after the Norse god, uh, designed and brewed by the females in our team, which is pretty exciting to get them involved in the the recipe development and the, the brewing process. Um, and we're we've got a whole bunch of stuff going on downstairs, raising money for Wire, um, an exchange and information uh, network for for women. Um, selling artwork by female artists. We've got a female DJ. And I guess the, the reason for the beer coming into existence is the Pink Boots Blend. So um, we put a heap of hops into this beer to make sure that, that plenty of those proceeds go back to Pink Boots.
0: Pink Boots Blend is... Pink Boots Society. Um,
1: See if you can name it.
0: They do every year. Is it Yakima Chief?
1: Yeah, YCH. Yeah. Yep. Probably our key, one of our key suppliers for for hops.
0: Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, it's cool seeing that... You know, rather than kind of everyone making the same beer, for for you know the Pink Boot celebration, people were using the same hops. Yep. But I like you know, it's like yeah. the the Eclipse <laughs> tasting pack. Yep. it's fun to see that a kind of a thing. Big array. Yeah. Yeah. How much rye is in it? Because it's a great characteristic. percent.
1: Uh, yeah. Six percent right. um, rolled rye. Six percent malted rye um, from Voyager. Um, there's some golden naked oats in there as well. So I just kind of ran our our team through our, our key suppliers: Gladfield, Voyager. Um, for, for malts, um, the characteristics, and they picked out some stuff that they thought would really work well with the with the the hop blend and rye, and the golden naked oats were were key, were key as well as um, some crystal malts from Gladfield, like the uh, the red and uh, Munich malts from Voyager. So it's got a lot. It's got about nine different malts in it, so it's got a lot going on. But the the key idea was rye, um, crystal malt, um, and some toasted toasted characteristics from oats and barley.
0: Uh, Why rye and crystal malt?
1: Uh, It's a pretty interesting blend this year. Like, there's some stuff like Sabro, which um, obviously throws like that coconut and the creaminess, um, as well as, you know, uh, laurel and atanum and citra and whatever else is in there. But I think it just seemed like this time of year seasonally it was appropriate to go something darker um, and. Working with the flavours of those hops, um, the girls were, were really just attracted to, to spice and rye, um, both in terms of tying the tying the colour of the beer into the hops and complementary flavours. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with how it's turned out.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. It, my initial impression was it was quite chewy, but that didn't stick around. It didn't... You know, a lot of the if you're talking rye, crystal malt and hops, mm. my immediate reaction as well that's probably going to be a lot of work to get through it's yeah. probably going to be enjoyable but there's a lot going
1: on but it's not it's pretty big so there's I guess lots of bit of innocent alcohol to, to cut through it and hmm. balance it out um, other stuff going on we've got a couple of natrabs in tank at the moment uh, Roussan um, from Beechworth which is pretty exciting and a Cab Frank um, so we're hoping to get a few more in before the end of the the harbour season but we're we're probably clutching at straws now um, so look out for a couple of natrabs. Um, Woods so of the North coming up. Can you explain uh, what a Nat
0: Rav is? Uh,
1: yeah, so Nat Rav's our a spin-off from our Wild Ravens range of barrel-aged mixed culture bottle-conditioned beers um, that celebrates um, the spent grape skins um, from local producers. Being in, in Melbourne, we've got such great proximity and access to so many diverse and different wine regions, so um, it's always been something that I've, I've really loved and enjoyed, um, the Driven Lambic concept and style, and it just makes so much sense to us here. So we've got a, a range de- dedicated to those um, skin contact beers. Um, we call them Maximum Intervention because we do a lot of work to get them from, from grain to, to glass. Um, but yeah, they're essentially barrels selected um, to complement whatever the skins are that we get. We re-ferment to dry, ferment out the sugars from the skins and extract um, color and flavor. Um, and then often there's some more blending before they end up in bottle.
0: The uh, Shiraz one, was
1: it Four Pillars? Four Pillars, yeah. yeah. The Bloody Shiraz Negroni.
0: Yeah, that was delicious.
1: Yeah, I had the Syrah again last night, and um, that had some of the same base beer, the really bitter whorehound beer, and mm. just really enjoy that, how the, the Shiraz and the that whorehound bitterness go together. But just, yeah, that, the Bloody Shiraz has definitely been one of the more popular. So we, we're so lucky to have to have had access to that fruit. Um, and all the gin that was um, soaking uh, the fruit. Uh, yeah, so you got gin. They they were, the gin well, They were dry, dry skins. They'd been pressed, uh, but they still had sugar. So their mm. process is to, is to take the the fruit, um, steep it in the. I guess for people that don't gin. know. Uh, Bloody Shirae's gin is the four pillars. Yeah, the Christmas gin. It's like based on the slow not gin the concept. One. Not Christmas. No. No, no, no they got, spice. A got a spice on Christmas. Christmas is
0: yeah. straight puddings. Yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah,
1: based on the slow gin style of yeah. sweet gin, uh, but really rather than berries or sugar, they use um, Shiraz very, grapes. Very tasty.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's a really fun one. Um, mm-hmm. I really like everything they do. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and they're
1: expanding too. Can't wait to get out and check out the new space once it's once it's finished. Uh, on such line? a great hub that's happening there. The by oh, by now, now yeah. yeah, Part owned, I think. Yeah. Um, not sure of the split.
2: Yeah. Are they expanding? Uh, purely that production for hospitality, oh, hospitality like right. it's,
1: it's always been quite a minimal hospitality it's a offering funny, it's a funny um, place to go isn't it yeah because yeah.
2: it's almost like they split you like they usher you into different parts depending on what your intention on being yeah. there is yeah, yeah. Um, that's yeah. great to yeah. give
1: you your tailored experience yeah um, but they're yeah, putting in a pretty huge venue next door uh, which is gonna be awesome for the for the area, you know, with um, Payton and Jones across the road and so many other businesses popping up around there.
0: What's the one you mentioned?
1: Peyton and Jones. What's um that? good mates of ours. They're winemakers, they're involved with War Pillars, um yeah. in us in a in a way. Um, There's another but they won Cellador oh, who was it? They won a Cellador Award, best in the best in the country, James Halliday, maybe or Okay. Uh really cool experience. Um uh, they've expanded their their beer garden out the back as well, a wine garden. Yeah. Um just great winemakers, just um doing really honest expressions of, of Yarra Valley and, and fruit from around that area.
0: Hmm. Um, there's another distillery that's in Healesville, right? Yep, there is. Um, I can't remember what they're called. Alchemy? Or? Yeah, that rings a bell. Um, and then there's obviously Matilda Bay, which is, yep. I haven't re- visited since they've opened. Mm-hmm. Uh, really curious to see how that's going. Yeah. I'm sure it's going great. Stone
1: and Crow, I think, are still planning to, to set up... Um, just around the corner from Four Pillars um, They're currently at a winery Somewhere else But I think they plan to They've got a site there That they're just um, Working on Cheese, cheese. Stone and Crow. Oh. Uh, Yeah, Cheesemaker
0: Are, um, what's River still?
1: They are, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I think they're immediately behind Patner Jones So on the street back from them Yeah, okay um, So it's a pretty cool Cool little yeah. neighbourhood yeah. Yeah. I've
0: only The last time I was in Hillsville I was just up to chat to Phil Sexton For the Could Be Hunting podcast and just spending half an afternoon wandering around, and it was like, oh, I really want to come back. And it's been, yeah, a definitely stopping
1: into so. & Jones. Yeah, yeah. amazing Salador experience. Um, they're uh, always kicking goals and always expanding on their offering. Yeah, fun. Yeah.
0: Um, just I'm speaking the- of, so sorry to interrupt. The um, there was a post from Bright Brewery just the other day on Facebook of people saw that where they were talking about not having enough staff and they're having to close big sections of the the hospitality area just saying we can't please don't come in and grab a seat there's a reason why there's no one sitting there because we can't manage as many tables so I don't know if you are out and about and service isn't so great because people are crazy busy please understand that (laughs) no one has any staff right now
2: we had that experience at um, at Forest Brewing they it was a sunny Saturday just the absolute peak time for them to be operating and they had bookings here and there and we just stopped in for a casual beer on the way through and they tongue in cheek but they like asked us if we'd work <laughs> like, <you> know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean yeah. pay in, uh,
1: dishwashing yeah I mean yeah all uh, <laughs> can you run a few yeah, tables
2: everyone anyway? <laughs> everyone is struggling with yeah. staff at the moment I think so yeah, yeah keep it be, in
0: mind be patient out there um, I'm almost tempted to start working hospitality again yeah <laughs> don't know if my knees are up to it but hospitality sucks to work so anyone that works it fuck good on you it's so hard people don't appreciate how hard it is every time I have to do it anything close to hospitality I'm wrecked the next day
1: it's, it's changed so much as well like the expectations and the uh, procedures and it's it's yeah it's not not the easiest time to be working in hospitality yeah um, they're having to police additional COVID yeah. as well
0: as everything else they have to worry about
1: yeah and and people's Expectations and people aren't used to going out in in Melbourne at least. So, mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Yeah. shout out to everyone. Though.
1: Speaking of which, could be a week. Buy yeah. lots of tickets, get out and about, support everything that's going on.
0: Yeah. So you're doing Woods of the North.
1: We are. Yeah. Yeah. That's been our flagship event for a number of years. This is the fifth time we've run it. Um, it's pretty exciting. Where where it's yeah the one that we really look forward to every year. Celebration of Wood. We've got Future Mountain and Dollar Bill involved this year on the brewery front. Um, Boilermaker House, uh, Lover uh, and uh, Mjolnir are the venues that we're working with on cocktail collaborations. Um, But it's going to be great. Yeah, cocktail beers, beer cocktails, barrel-aged beers, boilermakers, um, live music, hot sauce. We've got some of... Yeah, we've still got some hot sauce. Um, Some of the barrel-aged hot sauce. We're looking to do some... We're doing a a, a spit, I believe, Uh, uh, um, with Wolf and Swill doing the food, Uh, a gyro-style Italian wood-fired spit out the front.
0: Damn, that sounds good. That rules, yeah. Uh,
2: Now, the question that everyone's asking, is there going to be barrel-aged water again?
1: Oh, there's got to be barrel-aged water. Perfect. (laughs) It's (laughs) not not a woods of the north without woody water. (laughs) Uh, If if, if anyone's got any suggestions of what else we can oak, um, please send them through.
0: You're doing barrel-aged feta. did I see that?
1: Yeah, we really... I don't know if we've locked that in yet, but we're, okay. we to, had, to we the, had planned to, to do barrel-aged fetter balls working with... Uh, yes, there's obviously a few barrel-aged fetters on the market. Is there? Uh, and yeah. is that obvious? <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> 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 I said obviously, so...
0: ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, Ugh, sick of them. <laughs> <laughs>
1: heard yeah, of yeah, it's Innovation, please, oh, you do yeah. you know, If you can buy it at Syracos, it's Syracos rules, obviously yeah. not that rare.
0: So how do you barrel-aged fetter?
1: Same way, your barrel-aged ham. Sorry. I
0: <laughs> <laughs> didn't think the ham
1: was going to be the, like, the next word out of your mouth then. Do you squeeze it through the little hole or do you take the, the top off? Uh, you take the head off, I believe, okay. to get it in and out. Yeah, yeah. and you jam it full of feta.
0: Yeah. And there's an age in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Ripe and matured. There's, there's
1: a heap of stuff that's matured in barrels, like Tabasco.
0: Yeah, Tabasco. There's a good, um, a good video about Tabasco, how Tabasco's made. I think it's one of the ones. I can't remember.
1: I don't know. Brewer Bill's still pushing for barrel-aged pastrami or um, some other kind of cured meat, but I'm not sure that we're quite at that level of um, food safety. Or (laughs) yeah, making
0: (laughs) making cured meat alone is is difficult, right? Or or comes with risk.
1: Yeah, to do it safely, I guess. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He can do it in his
1: in his uh, in his basement. (laughs) Poison his family, but uh, (laughs) leave us out of it.
0: (laughs) Uh, If anyone's got suggestion of things to barrel age. Um, barrel-aged
1: fish sauce.
0: There's was Wildflower
1: doing that, or was he doing, he's soy, doing soy sauce? Yeah. There's a um. Actually, yeah. Speaking of orphan soil, he wanted to do barrel-aged sardines. here. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, mm. Not sure that I want <laughs> a barrel of sardines out in the brewery. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm so, really sensitive to that, to any kind of fish smell, let alone fermented or cured or aged. Um,
0: the um red boat fish sauce which is the best fish sauce if anyone's shopping for fish sauce they have a collab with bliss gourmet in the us which does a bourbon barrel fish sauce nice um i've been trying to get my hands on a bottle if anyone out there knows how to get some i tried to trade for it on a beer <laughs> trading forum once like can someone just can send me a bottle People like and i people just thought i was being lazy or dumb They're like you can just get it just buy it i'm like i'm in australia i can't just buy <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> you sent me some, and it didn't work. Uh, so I don't know. Anyone out there? Someone help look out, please. Yeah. Or Brendan can make it in the. When I was in Vietnam, we biked to a fish sauce making village from the village we are staying in. And we're at the top of the hill, and we're like, oh, this village looks really cool. We're going to bike down this hill and zoom down this hill and. Go by the seaside, <laughs> made it halfway down the hill, and the smell hit us. <laughs> it was far too late to abort the mission. <laughs> it was very unpleasant. <laughs> it's a, a gravel road, like it, it had to makes you do. appreciate what they go through yeah. to get you, your delicious fish sauce. Hit an yeah. unpaved road, going way too fast in a rickety bike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> going uphill afterwards was even more fun.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love fish sauce though. Eggs, eggs are porous. Pretty Gently place eggs. them in. Yeah. Uh, the ones in the middle, you'd have to rotate them.
1: Yeah, I like the idea of a yeah pickled egg.
0: Yeah, onions. Oh yeah, actually, I was getting them in the shell, but you take them out of the shell, boil them, boil them yeah, and then soak them in a pickled ramen
1: party. <sighs> a oh ramen, yeah, that's pretty good. aged beef uh, broth or.
2: Yeah, I've already got my ticket secured and it's getting more valuable and more valuable as we talk.
1: It's <laughs> going up. Um, well, one, of the, one of the most exciting things to me this year is the the Magnum release. So we've, we've done a blend with um, Dollar Bill and Future Mountain, Great. Um, which is in Magnum. So one in 10 ticket holders will win a Magnum on entry um, with some, hopefully some kind of theatre, a, a spinning wheel or a... a uh, bingo ball or something, um, and then everyone cool. else will have an opportunity to buy one.
0: It's got to be something out of a barrel, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put like or oh, bingo w- barrel. Wood related yeah. anyway. Yeah. Fill it, fill it full of table tennis balls, and have ten orange ones, and <laughs> they have to blindfold and get.
1: We do have the um, the pickle barrel from two years ago that we've been looking to do something with. Um, it wasn't particularly pleasant after we took the um, the pickled cucumbers out of it. Um, so maybe that that can become our bingo ball dispenser.
0: Yeah. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The whole event, not just the... <laughs>
1: uh, what else are you up to for Good Beer Week? Uh, we're pretty, pretty focused this year, not a heap. We've got a couple of events with uh, Beer Lux Fed Square, uh, a vegan dinner called Friends um, with uh, vegan beer and vegan menu. Uh, we're doing a, a vegan milkshake um, for them. We, we're doing the Hair of the Dog Breakfast, uh, known this year, I think, as Champagne for My Real Friends, mm-hmm. um, with Champagne-style beers um, at 9.30 on a Friday morning, which will be fun after the awards. What's Champagne-style beer brewed? Anything super dry or brewed with Champagne yeast, or I guess they're, they're quite flexible um, with interpretation, but yeah, anything dry and light and fizzy. Fun. Um, what else have we got on? We're doing some stuff with Boilermaker House. Um, we're doing a cocktail beer for them, inspired by the, the aviation, um, which will be on all week. And we're doing a, a Boilermaker session with them at the end of the week. A um, couple of things with the Terminus um, Pine of Origin will do a, a mini tap take over there and their last keg stand or one keg stand mm-hmm. um, during the keg competition. Great. Uh, hopefully, I haven't missed too many.
0: Uh, I think that's about right from the top of my head. Uh, if not, oh, you-
1: and Moose, um, we're doing uh, Fruit Blaster Grape Edition. Great, uh, and Preston Prest Club, Prest Club. Yeah, uh, so a new, <laughs> a new collaborative event that we're going to rotate around Future Mountain, Tallboy, Moon Dog, and Three Ravens um, each year um, with a special release collaboration, and it's it's a, just a like a formal ball. Um, yeah, get dressed up in your in your fancy dress or your um, op shop. Best, um, yeah, just something light-hearted um, and fun. Awesome! Love it. Is it? Is
0: that going to be magnums for that event as well? There will
1: be magnums, yeah, yeah um, of the release each year. Do you mind if I get myself more we of that? So yeah, love please, that. yeah, get into it. But yeah, that's um. I think it's just um. Uh, like like, Moon has had the same, <laughs> and and I guess everyone has had the same idea as us to to try and make the events less about um, beer. Like, there's only so many dinner dinners you can go to there's only so many you know tutored beer tastings that you want to fit into a week um mm. this one's more about getting out with your mates and having fun like there'll definitely be good beer and there'll be some exciting exciting releases but it's more about the experience of having fun with your friends and and making it more accessible to people that just want to go out and have have a good time instead of taking notes on 15 beers yeah it's smart it tends to be the most fun
2: kind of events i think it, Good during good beer week yeah don't have to think about anything too much just
0: have some fun I think that's the thing that I love about being part of Good Beer Week um, is you know seeing all those events that are like you there's like you know the beer cocktail making class at the National Hotel I'm probably not going to be able to go to it but I look at it and go that's so cool it's a venue that I don't really know doesn't seem to you know be super beer focused but they're doing a using beer to make beer cocktails um, and giving people, you know, a, a lesson but it's a fun, like that to me is a home run of a, a good event that I'd anyone you know, most people that like drinking in some way would be interested in
1: Great for them as a venue too Like a, I've always seen it as a, as a fairly, you know, good venue in terms of hospitality and offering but mm. you know, not somewhere I'd go because it's not in my neighbourhood but it, it would bring people to that venue and then give them an experience that's probably you know memorable and and really ingrain them with um that pub and Mm. yeah it's really cool concept
0: um i guess one covid casualty which i'm somewhat disappointed by we're not doing the beer school stuff again which we normally do for good beer week which i've hosted in the past and i always love doing that you know we talk about education and stuff but that was always either free or like five bucks and it was all usually people would come along that there were a couple or friends, one of them really liked beer, and the other one was just there to hang out with their friend. And it was just awesome to see people, you know, we give them a range of delicious beers and it's, you know, doing tastings like that. It's awesome to see people go, What is this? I've never tasted a beer like this or, you know, dark beer. It's okay. It's actually pretty good.
1: Um, That's so what we're all doing it for, right? Like to, to share our passion and our love of the, mm. the, the product with people and help them grow and learn so it's always the most satisfying to me is when you have that moment of uh, awakening or uh, yeah introducing something to someone that they didn't know that they loved.
0: Yeah or the, the table full of blokes that one of them's dragged them along <laughs> and you, they're always like oh this is going to be hard yeah. but then they're going to oh huh, quite like this that's always satisfying. There's
2: always one like whenever I go there there seems to be one high-vis table at Future Mountain Yeah, of just tradies crushing mixed-money beers. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> so good.
0: It's, yeah, it's kind of... a few Pillsness as well. Probably <laughs> few <in> there, yeah, <laughs> It is kind of cool to see, yeah, it's so normalised now um, to the point of, yeah, you know, people are just buying, like, their, you know, their, their shopping basket at Dan Murphy's is a yeah. mixed six-pack every Friday kind of a thing and that's, yeah, it's exciting. Hmm. Um, how's the Ovens going over the last twelve months? Talk to me. Yeah, Co- good. COVID, we've, eh? Um,
1: we've been, yeah, we've been putting in a lot of work over the last couple of years to, to grow the business, and you know, obviously, it was started pretty small and and stayed pretty small for a long time, and it's taken a while to, to sort of um, grow out of that. But the last, yeah, last twelve eighteen months has been really good for us for in terms of our um, business growth and. Um, You know, the new core range, expanding that, expanding our distribution and and working on growing the business has been exciting. I think the the biggest thing on our horizon um, is uh, a refit of the brewery, which has been something we've been planning for years. But this year is really coming to a T with upgrades and energy efficiency. We've got solar panels on the roof. We're replacing our heating and cooling with a cello heat pump which should take care of almost all of the services in the building in terms of heating and cooling, so a lot more efficient exchanging heat rather than producing both independently. Um, And just reconfiguring the brewery um, so we can get more tanks in, increase our capacity and um, start making more beer more efficiently and more variety and uh, more frequency to our special releases. So it's a pretty exciting time. It's a lot of work. um, And growing our team, which is pretty cool, like... uh, we had our, the, the street closed off um, over summer, which is coming to an end today, but that was really cool to to see what, what we can do in terms of increasing our um, hospitality offering and hopefully something we can do in the future, um, take so over more larger spaces.
0: The street, that's sort of an agreement with the council that you can do it?
1: Yeah, they, they call it a parklet. It was uh, something they offered to anyone in hospitality. Um, different, oh, I think most of the councils around um, Melbourne um, took that on and probably the world, I'd say, yeah. um, to to increase outdoor dining, just to to stop people from trying to re- or businesses that, that relied on hospitality but didn't have space to, to do it effectively or in a COVID-safe manner. It's it's giving them an opportunity to um, to to dine out outdoors yeah. um, by supporting them with with. Um, I guess funding the the infrastructure, like the signage and the, the barriers and everything else that goes along with um, outdoor dining, um, which we wouldn't be able to justify otherwise. So yeah, it's great to have the support of the council. Um, they've been really supportive of our project and and sort of see us as the the poster child for, for parklets in the in the region, um, given the um, you know the family friendly nature, the who we've attracted. You know, mm. people with uh, with dogs, families, um, people of all walks, um, getting down and enjoying the sun and playing some games and You know, having a bite to eat.
2: It was the best vibe of, like, probably any, um, like, outdoor dining experience that I found in the area um, and it also gives you that like street visibility where a lot of people on a semi-busy road at Dunder mm-hmm. Street is otherwise probably wouldn't really
1: We're still working on that recognise. visibility thing like getting some uh, some signage up that you can see down Oh well but I Dunder mean like street, at least you
2: could see like some outdoor you could you could recognise that there was a That's a common thoroughfare so happening yeah.
1: yeah definitely draw a lot of attention the, the detour's not Sure, particularly yeah. challenging it's it's like you know an extra couple hundred meters to go yeah. around the block but most people didn't know that they could so it definitely um, caused a lot of uh, people s- noticing that it, that it was there
2: but I, yeah, I'd um, imagine that like it um, drew people to realize that you were you, you existed here yeah totally. a lot of people would yep. drive past daily and not even know that you were um, that you were here unless you knew so yeah, um, yeah totally. that's got to be a positive
1: yeah we're working on that too signage and but yeah it's such a good spot with the park across the road yeah, and yeah. sun going down and trees and yeah it's uh, oh it was a great hopefully spot, we can like replicate a, it a, somehow in the future casual
2: sunny afternoon beer it was like mm. so so good yeah yeah
0: um so the council was saying no more it needs to be renegotiated
1: we we had an extension to this weekend yeah. um so we could do this one but Realistically, unless we had marquees, it'd be pretty challenging to do outdoor dining in the future from here on out until probably January. I think the the January-March window of sunshine in Melbourne um, Mm. is a long way off. So, yeah. And, yeah, the council's budget's expended for um, all of the support for parklets. So for us to to justify renting the barriers and the detour signage and all that kind of stuff would... It's it's just not not viable for us at the moment. Um, We'll still continue to try and make it work it'd be great to have it have something out there for woods of the north mm. um just to free up some more space but at the moment it's not looking like uh not looking likely um
0: last time we were here just for a drink and a bit of a catch-up we also went to moondog and then jam sheep Yeah, pretty lovely combo of
1: walking distance is
2: yeah different offerings very prefer- different yeah
1: yeah, Noisy Ritual sure will be open around the corner pretty soon as well. They're yeah, getting pretty right. close to, to opening there on, don't just quote me on this, but I think Raglan, just across the road from Moondog. Yeah, yeah. Um, so
0: do you think, yeah. are you finding that people, you know, like weed are, are coming, Do or do you, do you know that, that people are coming through? and? and we see a lot or? of
1: um, empty Moondog cans uh, outside <laughs> okay. the brewery, so we presume they're yeah. um, they're travellers on the on the walk down. Um, I think it's great. It's, it's so good to have a hub of activity around here. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if it's it's Jamshed. People are coming and going from there. We we hope so. I think there needs to be one, maybe one more dot um, to mm. join to connect the the venues, like um, a food offering. Or I mean, they both have such great food offerings between mm. those two venues. So
0: we had um, lasagna spring
1: rolls when we were at
0: Moon yeah. and they were very good. Yeah. yeah, and also
2: I mean every single thing on the menu at Jamshed. Yes, yeah, the kitchen's
1: killing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I, I really hope that, that continues. I think we're, we're still trying to find a way to get people around between the venues because it's it's not that far, but it's it's a bit of bit intimidating for some people. Public
0: transport, um, like thinking of you know us, mm. to get public transport here is, is a long a long way. Yep. Um, and that's always my preferred option to, to do public transport.
1: And to get that final stretch as well, like it's a, either a 15-minute walk from the bus or... Yeah, uh, yeah. If we could have... Yeah, and I guess if we had a, someone doing a tour or some kind of op- shuttle operation, we could extend it to Tallboy and Moose and uh, mm. maybe a few others that are a bit further out. Um. But,
0: e- like, yeah, even knowing the three, even knowing that I can do three different venues that are quite mm. different and have a quite good night out, it still, yeah. it does make it way more appealing.
1: Yeah, it's a whole afternoon instead yeah. of just yeah. a couple of hours. Um, yeah, oh, just back.
2: Like quite recently, um, one of the early rounds of the footy, we were just, a couple of mates decided to go and watch the game at Moondog, and we had a wine at... Jam sheet, came and had a beer here, and then went and had some dinner
0: and had some beers watching the footy. It was perfect. So good, yeah. What's the vibe watching footy at Moondog World? Is the sound on? They've always had the screens on, yeah. They've so always
2: got, the, I mean, I think when they have focus, um I think they got, they're doing the Anzac Day game with all the volume going, but I think yeah. typically it's no volume, yeah, which yeah. is fine. Is there I mean.
1: rooms you can go to that have the volume on, or?
2: I don't think so, but land, I mean, yeah. like. I don't want volume but like, <laughs> the, the worst part about footy at the moment is the goddamn commentary so like you mean having domestic abusers <laughs> well essentially yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so not a huge issue for me but I mean it's I mean like, we prefer to like do our own commentary to be quite honest <laughs> yeah, yeah. so like um, yeah I mean we're not really making it a pleasant evening for anyone else but we're having a good time with yeah, it yeah. so yeah
1: that's another consideration for us is, is how else we can expand our hospitality offering like our, our bar and even though we spilled over into the room next door it's still pretty small mm. so we're looking at options um the place next door is up for for rent at the moment so we're trying to figure out if we can make that work um over the back that's on, quite a, on dundas do, yeah it's that, that's a the space, space is dundas it's quite a big space yeah. isn't it yeah um,
2: i actually like i was gone for a run and i watched them like clean up out of that place whoever was there last and i was like it would be a pretty sick hospital venue, yeah. yeah
0: okay. Mm. And would that be, I guess, thinking about you talking about Three Ravens the last year sort of cementing uh, your place in the market, are you feeling like now the hospitality is the big step for you guys? Uh,
1: it's just part of it. Yeah, we've got a lot in terms of strategy of growth um, in different ways, but on-premise is definitely a big focus of, of engagement and starting the conversation um, to then follow up with other... Other avenues to continue them on their journey of, of their uh, three years experience. So, yeah, it's, I think it will become a, a, a focus for us either here or elsewhere um, to to start that, start the conversation and bring new people in. Because e- even though we've been around for a long time, we've always had a limited reach. Mm. So looking to expand that reach, it's always easier to do yourself Mm. um, with direct um, contact with the consumer. So if we can, if we can find a bigger, bigger venue or a bigger opportunity to engage with people people directly, it's going to make that um, conversation a lot more streamlined and easier to follow up and uh, help them on their journey.
0: What are you really excited to get out soon? Are you, or are any of your beers that you're like, man, this tastes really good right now?
1: People should be buying this. I think for, for midwinter, the barrel aged uh, peat smoked imperial oatmeal stout is going to be pretty exciting. That's mm. been sitting in gospel barrels for nearly a year. So it's crept up, we, we think, probably close to 18 or 19%. Um, so it's a big bruiser, definitely for fans of Isla Whiskey, quite mm. peaty. Um, we, we're doing a few chocolate beers at the moment, so we've got a shake coming up, um, chocolate coconut, but also Odin's Reserve, a um, barrel-aged version of our milkshake stout from last year that was meant to be for Good Beer Week, um, but went out in cans and some went in a barrel, so that's going on to a ridiculous amount of freshly roasted um, cacao from a local chocolate maker called Bird Snake, um, really awesome local business. Um so there, I'm really excited to... In the, we've done quite a few chocolate beers in the past, but have been limited by sort of budget or um, you know, going by rules of thumb of, of what's normal in, in beer. But for these, we're really ramping up to ridiculous levels of, um, of chocolate to try and get a really, really pronounced impact. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see how they go. Um,
2: what's the negative impact when, when too much chocolate is used?
1: Uh, I guess the fat right. content. Tends to ruin foam retention, so the beers can look pretty ugly. And I'm not sure if you guys follow American adjunct stout or beer in general, but there's uh, (laughs) it tends to be a lot of precipitation of of, uh, protein and material from heavily adjuncted beers, resulting in what what's referred to as slugs, um, which Mm. I'm I'm entirely fascinated by. Um, One of our we've had one report of a a slug from our beer, which I was pretty proud of. Um, That was the barrel aged imperial milk stout. Um, and I've seen it in a few other Australian um, stouts, but they're quite rare, I think. Uh, but I guess that's the one The one risk is that anywhere up to from, from a small slug in the bottom of the can to half the can may end up as a gelatinous mess of um, goop. Sure. Okay. I, but they're a blessing.
0: Why are they a blessing? You guess, <laughs> I guess that's one thing I... I don't know if, how to even say it, but, like, you love the worst part of the beers <laughs> <laughs> and i love that this about, is like, so like, you know, rare and <laughs> t- 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 talking about you know this this beer uh, you know light strike and uh and then talking about yes yeah, slugs and then they're like yeah i really i really want to find <laughs> <Yeah. him." laughs> that rolls yeah it's like um a, is that like like just shiny, a fascination
1: of shiny pokemon card yeah. um uh, yeah to me it's like i don't know well it's it's associated with adjunctive beers and they're they're kind of fun like you don't see them all that often and it's fun finding them and, and playing with them and poking them and some people shoot them some people um, just tip them down the, drink, down the sink and you're saying this is an um, American phenomenon the ones yeah, that the shoot slugs. Them. yeah <laughs> there's a um, a group called the Slug Club yeah. <laughs> shoot, shoot as in drink no, as uh, okay, as in, with right. guns um,
2: that would be dramatic yeah, think, yeah yeah
0: I immediately went to people are <laughs> putting them on a fence post <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, sure
1: someone what, someone what the appeal is why it's so hilarious they're generally the most expensive and highly um, regarded and most highly paid-for beers in trade that, that end up with slugs in them, um, possibly due to the, the adjunct cost mm. that goes into them and the ridiculousness of what's, what's being added to the beers. But
0: Yeah, I... Some of those really highly rated and highly sought-after American adjunct stouts... I mean, the first time I tried a couple, I was just like, these are not me at all. Like, Too sweet? So sweet. Yeah. So, like... And, you know, looking on from here seeing how people were like insanely like oh man this is the beer that you need this is and this is the number one stout and then trying to go, Ugh, I don't like this at all. Bozo's, I, I, flavor I, like Bozo's like flavour though Bozo's like flavour? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's
1: a Bozo on me and yeah, a Bozo on yeah. everyone And I had a pretty I got a pretty batter. clear
2: moment of when I realised that they weren't for me and it was when that um, rogue voodoo donut stout <laughs> came out and it, like, it was clear amongst the online society is that, like, this was a desirable thing. So, when I got one, I was like, obviously, this is going to roll. I've got what everyone wants. And I had one taste and I was like, ah, this is not for me. Yes, this is a not lot of for me. And then maybe, for, like, all of these things aren't for me either. And that's A lot of what
1: we do is about balance and sessionability. So, we get a lot of feedback that oh, I'd, I would really like to see a 6% version of this or the the flavors were too... Too light, or it's a, it's a common criticism of things like our cream school series. But I almost see that as like a backhanded a compliment. Like I love how the the intent is for it to be sessionable, light, delicate. Like there's meant to be a hint of flavour that's in balance with the beer and something to think about over a pint, not something that you have the mils yes, of. And, and I
2: think that's like something incredible that you guys execute, um, like few others do. Is where I'll pick up something that you've done in the um, in the shake series that the the description I do not like at all, mm. but I go. Yes, mm. I can definitely see what the uh, intent was here, and it's pretty good. Yeah, blueberry it's, shake. Blueberry shake is a great one. Yeah, I think
0: I yeah. just bought it because I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll give it a go." <laughs> and then I think I'd we still it.
1: get a lot of criticism about it, but I'm still super proud of what really? we achieved and that the coffee character was exceptional. Yeah, it's not. What I was guess, the, the well that the it didn't taste thing? like coffee, or um, I don't know. I guess people don't. Not everyone like coffee is so subjective, and not everyone right. knows what you know what what characteristics of filter coffee are or that filter coffee even exists or is not because yeah, I was
2: like it's exactly a, what is described like it was exactly mm. what the intention was I
0: thought yeah yeah I think people and I think that's taste is subjective that's particularly, a particularly b- coffee a no big th- they were wrong yeah the <laughs> big thing is people want it to be really literal now you know if someone sees oh, making a
1: that's why we put Nescafe like, blend 43 in the next coffee shake yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go but yeah they, they
0: want coffee and they want yeah. like they want the most intense coffee and you know that's kind of it comes back to my theory of like tasting notes where if you my famous theory that everyone knows no more (laughs) need to be said um like something like stone or wood when if you're doing a tasting with stone or wood and you say passion fruit or tropical fruit immediately everyone in that room goes oh wow and then for them you know tasting notes so wine is a good example like
1: yeah, they lead you to the mm. most positive yeah. interpretations. And and people go, oh,
0: I don't taste gooseberry and tobacco and like this is confusing to me. Mm. But if you say to someone, coffee, and they go, oh, that tastes like coffee, they immediately feel now they're kind of part of the club, mm-hmm. almost. Because tasting notes are so... Like, who knows what the hell Horse Blanket is. <laughs> you know, like, that's so alienating to people. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've been on a farm and... <laughs> Then you know like horses. it's <laughs> then you know it's probably stale. People out like
1: there that like horses. It's stale horse crap, rather
0: than horse blanket. <laughs> that, that wafting smell, just Sweat. before we move on. I've, I've
2: I've recently started detecting tobacco in red wine, I'm like, that's wild. Yeah, how yeah. exactly. <laughs> tobacco, it
0: is. Yeah, like <laughs> And I think that's and that's, it's fun when you come yeah. when you learn that when you learn the names of things. But yeah, we almost need that literal. Yeah, this yeah. beer is going to taste like passion fruit to you. To get people okay with Okay Now I need to think about What other yeah. things
1: I'm always torn between Leading and Allowing people to discover themselves Like mm. Some people need to be led
2: Gentle nudge I think That's all you.
0: My favourite is Asking For the people that hate it First up Because I think they always Give the best tasting notes and Normally the most accurate Why do you hate this And normally they've picked up A flaw That they're really sensitive to Or They just don't like You know X flavour I don't like blue cheese, and this tastes like blue cheese to me. Like, that's interesting. So yeah, that's how I find the most interesting tasting notes. It also includes people. If you hate, if you're sitting there on a beer tasting and you're the only one that hates it, yeah, talk to me. Yeah, what's the <laughs> yeah. worst part about it? Yeah, being,
1: being like active in your experiences and the world around you, I think, is the most. That's what life is about. So for people that don't actively react to their taste or recognize their taste or you know investigate what they're tasting or then i feel like it's they're missing out on a, a, a whole part of the enjoyment of life so mm. everyone should be an, armed and, and confident and supported in you know discovering their own taste and tasting things their own way but most people aren't they're told what's right and wrong and um, some people just don't like tasting don't like flavor
0: mm. Yeah. Mm. um i think it's a good place to finish Anything you Some want to people egg? don't like flavour yeah, yeah, perfect That's, that's <laughs> <wait> exactly <laughs> right. we've, talked, we've talked about slugs We've talked about people not liking things uh, No seltzer from Three Ravens We were going to make a seltzer This was going to be one of the concepts we talked about I was still got,
1: I've still got the RTDs in the fridge for our RTD session That predated know. the advent of seltzer uh, I really we, should them. Them. we should
2: do that soon I reckon we should do that on mic
1: yeah. We could do the evolution of um, RTD to seltzer And do then and now
0: alright uh, let's set a date let's no. when we finish this let's set a date and do a proper yep. a proper deep <laughs> dive into seltzer and RTD that's what everyone's waiting Probably for do anyway, yeah. purple, purple goannas exist in Australia don't know what that is don't I never went in
2: there like, it's, it's going to be interesting because I was never an RTD dude so like I don't know what I don't a one. else
0: wow. one of my favourite food memories is my pub Larson's Tavern in New Zealand rest in peace it's, it's been torn down now scariest pub uh, I didn't realise it was that scary till I took friends from out of town. There, They're like, what the fuck have you brought me to? There's <laughs> a small town in the middle of rugby season where the rugby teams would end up, a lot of fishermen, a couple of gang members, um, and then everyone that stumbled in from every other pub in town. Uh, I once saw a... I've seen many, many things there. Fights with pool queues and, like... And they used to do... Every pub in New Zealand has to have some sort of food offering at all times. So a lot of them have lasagna toppers... If you don't know is a weird spiced mince encased in a weird biscuity crumb and cheese and you microwave it till it's boiling. Oh, yeah. it kinda okay. sounds awesome. Oh, they're they're amazing. Amazing. Yeah, okay. they're yeah, amazing. I pizza love. Square, what are they called? Yeah. The same pizza kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, oily, like if you micro oily and fucking So I'd when the pub closed, I'd get one of those. I'd get a vodka cruiser, maybe a Raspberry One, whichever one was nearest when I was pointing at the thing. <laughs> Uh, that microwave me one, it would still be probably a little bit frozen in the middle. <laughs> and I'd get my cruiser, get my laniautop, Topper go as soon as the bug closed. Go sit on the fence with a couple of friends. We'd eat our shitty food, drink our shitty drink. Really refreshing at the end of a night, and watch everyone spill out and fight and mill around. And it's just the happiest, the happiest times. <laughs> so vodka I look cruising, to
1: exploring uh, the RTDs.
0: <laughs> Real soft spot for vodka cruisers. Yeah.
1: I think I'm gonna go drink, see what Freya tastes like out of a pint
0: yeah Yeah. Uh, I I, I bet mm -hmm. it's good at a point as well yeah it's one way to find out if people want to work out find out learn more what do they do
1: at 3ravens brewery on everything uh, follow us on Facebook we all our events and things are generally promoted through there you can join our mailing list on our website you can buy our beers from our shop um, 3ravens.com.au hit us up if you have any questions or want to know more uh, yeah there's always plenty of fun stuff going on mm. around the brewery event wise and releases so uh, yeah mailing list is probably the best way to find out about what's happening but otherwise you can follow us on socials
0: uh, I'm loving everything you guys have been doing lately uh, just the vibe the look the the, the beers you've been pushing out uh, really cool to see so yeah good stuff street closure's
2: finished but come on. down for a drink at the bar because it's just good yeah, yeah
0: it's just yeah, a, yeah, a good relaxed past bar past yeah.
1: before or after and moondog dog. If you're um, brewery-inclined, you can stop past Future Mountain and uh, Torboy with some friends. It's a short Uber ride between uh, the four of us. So hmm. definitely, if, you, if you've come a long way to, to visit, you may as well visit definitely the rest of all. the neighbourhood. Uh, Dave? Carwin's just down the road too.
0: Oh yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah. They'd all right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, DavidAlbertime.com. dot Send me an email. Uh, look at alevertime.com. alevertime.com. Uh, got a new podcast launching. The Lindsay and Tiff show is happening. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet. Tiff said, Can you please listen and let me know if it is too angry uh, to <laughs> no publish? We can re record it if it is. So, As if. <laughs>
2: I'm really looking understand forward to understand what people want to listen to. Um, it Obviously, it's anger. Yeah. We're
0: working on setting up the feed and everything, uh, but keep an eye on our Facebook. It'll be a separate feed all of a time, and uh, really excited to do that. We've also got a Good Beer Week event, which I've not promoted and not really planned. Uh, it's going to be sick at Catfish on Tuesday night during Good Beer Week. come and eat a cheesesteak will be no lasagna toppers. No lasagna Ooh. toppers. I think I have said, yeah. I've asked for, I've requested a New Zealand style cheesesteak for the week. What's that? Um,
1: it's got lasagna toppers in it. We should have a on I, mean, I think in.
0: I, I think I suggested white bait via Phil Cook, who works there, to pass on to the kitchen team. Uh, maybe something else. I can't remember. Mussels,
1: green lit mussels.
0: Yeah, mussel fritter. Mm. Uh, but pipi, yeah, pipi fritters. Oh, That'll be good. We'll have uh, Adam Holiday from Garage Project, honorary Kiwi. He's married to a Kiwi. He works for a Kiwi Brewery. Uh, <laughs> Pretty much over the ditch, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Phil Cook will probably jump in because he's a Kiwi. Uh, Obviously, a spiritual brother. Yeah, yeah we'll work out. Um, I don't know if anyone's ever been to our live shows. They're fun. They're a lot of fun. They're yeah. chaotic. If you heckle us, you get a prize. More or less, and you eat a cheese steak while you do. I mean, drink some also beer. at the end of the night, we realise we haven't given out as many prizes as we have, so we just you might <laughs> just get one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. By nature of sitting there, uh, always a good time. And uh, catfish, we love, and they're going to lose out on Gabs spill-off this year. You certainly are because that was probably their biggest day, biggest weekend of the year, with Gabs not no longer being in the exhibition building. What? Uh, What? (laughs) What's that? You don't know that this?
1: I do. Sorry. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Gabs Gabs is not at the exhibition building, so I don't know. I feel like if you're going past the Catfish during Good Beer Week, go on and and buy a pint. Go on and come and join our our podcast for sure. Uh, Also, if you see any Good Beer Week ads on Facebook or Instagram, can you give them a little like? Click on a link. It really will help my metrics. Comment.
1: Because <laughs> it's all me this year.
0: Uh, thanks, everyone. See ya. Cheers.